0: Welcome to the First and Orange Broncos Podcast. I'm Kyle Fredrickson, joined by Ryan O'Halloran, the Denver Post Broncos beat Rider coverage team. We are here in Dove Valley on a beautiful Friday morning with a little bit of excitement to Broncos training camp. It's late in the game. We're tired, Ryan, but some fresh blood in, in, in camp today.
1: The scary part is I'm tired, and we're not late in the game. <laughs> we still got three well, more of these games to go, but to your point, Having the Niners come in for two days of practices, it does spice things up a little bit. And I don't mean from a, you know, these guys are going to be bare knuckle brawling or there's going to be a lot of tackling, there's going to be none. But it's just, you know, when you see somebody across from you who doesn't wear your jersey, you know, the competitive juices, the adrenaline get flown a little bit more. I'm disappointed these aren't open to the general fans because I think the players would would, uh, feed off that energy, both sides. So this is the first one I've covered where it's closed. I mean, I think there may be some people here, but it'll be a different, uh, it'll be interesting to see what the tempo is.
0: This is a 49ers team that Broncos fans should be familiar with if they're paying attention last year. Really kind of a big moment in the season right the broncos go into that late year game still in the playoff chase i believe mathematically in it they're six and six yeah six and six they're playing a niners team that's very bad at that point garoppolo's out there's the, nick mullins has had some moments at quarterback but overall they're kind of playing for next year and george kittle just kittled them to bits as uh, our columnist mike Mark, mike kisla. Is that what he did <laughs> yeah
1: i got that
0: <laughs> mike kisla says in the paper um a monster game by kittle this is a little bit of a glimpse of what the shanahan offense looks like and now we get to see it in practice ryan what, what are you looking forward to seeing uh with this offense yeah well i'll go back
1: to that niner game because that was the beginning of the end um you know they lost chris harris to a broken leg the game before emmanuel sanders tory's achilles a couple days before they were overmatched they were out coached they were out schemed they were out everything kittle did all his damage in the uh, first half including an 85 yard touchdown i remember I talked to Kittle for a story in today's paper, and I said, tell me about that play. This didn't make the story yet. He says, Kyle showed the play on Wednesday. Say you run it this way, we get this coverage, going to be a touchdown. And it was. So, to your question, um, you are going to see mirror images on offense here. Uh, Rich Gangarello, the Broncos OC, worked, with, worked for Kyle in Atlanta, and then worked for two years with him with the Niners as a quarterback coach. And... You know, that system of the Kubiak-Shanahan tree, that's what attracted Vic Fangio and John Elway to Rich Gangarell, and they hired him after an eight-hour interview. So I think you're going to be seeing a lot of the same run plays, same angles, same routes, that kind of thing. But um, it'll be good for these guys up front to go against different kinds of pass rushers. It'll be good for the guys on Bronco defense to you know test some of their progress against uh, another team as well.
0: I'm curious just to get your thoughts about Jimmy Garoppolo as well fired out of a cannon when they picked him up from the Patriots a couple of years ago I think he went 5-0 and to start that year all this hype going into last year like I mentioned before the torn ACL early in the year derailed everything but in your mind is Garoppolo like a legitimate star potential quarterback in this league have you seen enough to think hey the Broncos should be real worried um, about playing this guy if they get him in the regular season
1: yes yes and yes uh, they <laughs> should be worried. Um, you know, I saw him in joint practices two years ago with New England and Jacksonville, and he did a lot of great things. Then I covered him the Niners Jaguars game two Christmas Eves ago. That was a great trip. Um, he basically, this was a top five defense on the Jags with a pass rush, takeaway machine, back seven. He picked them apart. And um, I think he does have star potential. His resume is limited uh, because of the injury last year. But, you know, if, you know, teams who think the 49 or people who think that the 49ers are a team on the rise, point to Garoppolo. And then on defense, they point, point to the acquisition of D. Ford from Kansas City. So, you know, this was been, this has been a huge rebuild for Shanahan and John Lynch, the GM, also a former Bronco, but they knew what they were getting into. And, uh, you know, they probably haven't won as many games as they thought they would, but a lot of that has to do with Jimmy's injury last year.
0: One thing I'm curious about uh, over these next couple days is, will Mike Shanahan pop into the building again? We saw him for the first time in, I think, about a decade here since he was fired as head coach, getting a chance to watch the Broncos. We sort of figured that was kind of a test run for him to come back. We'll sort of figure out if that's the case, but that's got to be a storyline we'll address. I'll, I'll be writing about Kyle Shanahan uh, this upcoming weekend as well, kind of diving in what it's like for for him to be back in Denver. What do you suppose the, the reunion will be like, being that Kyle Shanahan was a candidate to, to be the head coach here yeah. when when vance joseph was hired
1: well i think mike's return a couple weeks ago was a soft landing i think the only question is will he have 49 colors on um, <laughs> I, i'm gonna I can, say yes right i think he'll definitely i think mike will definitely be here these two days i would i'll say no he won't have 49 oh colors come on, on mike so um you know, Kyle was the finalist here. I mean, he interviewed for a lot of jobs over the years. But you go all the way back to the first time Kyle worked for Mike in Washington, 2010, um, 2011, 12, and 13. You know, Kyle, that didn't end well. Kyle had to sort of, you know, rebuild his career a little bit. Went to Cleveland to call plays. That didn't work out. Went to Atlanta click with Matt Ryan that parlay he parlayed that into the 49er job so you know you know Kyle you know graduated Cherry Creek here locally you know Sean Keeler did a big story on him last December when the Niners played the Broncos but uh, I'm sure there'll be uh, some special feelings for for him uh, coming back to you know a place that he probably was at a lot throughout his uh, junior high, and high school years.
0: The common trope that we've kind of heard before these joint practices is, thank goodness we get to hit somebody else. This is so great, fresh blood in here. But this is what I'm wondering. How does Joe Flacco enter this kind of joint practice session? We've seen so much of him just kind of manage these practices, not take a whole lot of chances, throw the ball away when he has to. You've kind of written that. Is this an opportunity for him to at least show us in the media watching practices a little bit more than what we've seen? Will this allow us to evaluate Flacco any differently than we would throughout the course of preseason?
1: It'll be interesting to see um, if this was if this was before the first preseason game, it might take on a more intense tone. But both teams have played a game; the Broncos have played two, and you know, part of me is like, okay, these guys want to get their work in. There's, I wouldn't expect any tomfoolery in terms of Flacco. If I'm Vic Fangio, part of me is thinking I want to see Drew Locke in there against the one San Francisco defense just to get him more experience. Like Joe's reps will probably be uh, managed, just like they will in the game. But you know, for these younger guys, that's where the that's where the measuring stick comes in because we got threes and threes out there, and they're not going to get a lot of reps in the team because one field's going to be ones, the other field's going to be ones. Yeah. Then they'll put the twos and the threes out there. So taking advantage of these reps, but also taking advantage of him in the game, another thing to put on tape.
0: You mentioned it's unfortunate that fans can't watch this just because of the amped physicality and and what we get to see. Your time being an NFL reporter, you ever come across some some good scenes in these joint practices, any fights, any just things that would happen that otherwise maybe wouldn't if you didn't have another team in town?
1: Yeah, I mean, I covered two Tampa Bay at Jacksonville joint practices. It was hot. Tempers flared. It's one of the days was just chaos. And nothing, nobody got hurt, but just whistles blowing and skirmishes here and there. Two years ago, went up to Foxborough for four days, Jaguars-Patriots preseason opener. Belichick and Maroon, you, know, so you even think about it, you're going to get tossed. Dante Fowler got thrown out of practice. So, you know, you, what I expect, what's going to be interesting for me in this practice is usually it's one head coach on one field, the other one on the other field. They're the boss of that field. Well, Vicks calling defense against Kyle Collin offense. So, I would imagine those two guys are together. So, what's that going to be on the other side? Do you have maybe? Scangarello and Robert Sala sort of run the show for that field so just the one of the other wrinkles that are interesting to me
0: I don't want to hype up any like you know fights that could happen or possibly will happen we've seen a couple of little skirmishes in Broncos practice even Fangio getting in between an offensive and defensive lineman at some point I, I
1: think as he said I think that's because he was close <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes yes so I mean it's uh, you don't see a coach do that every day but Fangio not a fan of, of the uh, extracurriculars at practice so I, maybe we'll see a, a few Few little extracurriculars, but I would imagine they'd be pretty limited.
1: Yeah, and, and, uh, like what Carolina and Buffalo did earlier this week. You know, Sean McDermott talked to the Panthers. Ron Rivera talked to the Bills. Says, "You get involved in this, you're hit. You're out." And for a young player, that's my wake up call. Said, "Hey, I need I need these snaps in practice. I can't be worried about throwing fist."
0: Let's uh, exactly. Let's round things up here, Ryan, with just a few news items before we get off of the pod. Uh, Looking forward to seeing Emmanuel Sanders' continued kind of improvement with the number of snaps and reps he gets in team period. It's pretty much a a full participant from what we've seen. Now it looks like Week One's a real possibility. Uh, You surprised by how quickly he's come back? There's been times on the pod where we've said, "Hey, maybe he's a PUP candidate." Uh, They got a ton of young receivers. Let's see what else they got. But if Sanders is healthy and full go, that's great news for for Scangarello right
1: yeah and i think you know i think the fact that they didn't put a manual on pup to start camp which means um that meant they meant that meant they wanted to get him to work it also meant they felt he's gonna be ready at some point in september uh now you know because they didn't have the option to put him on there for six weeks you know whether i'm surprised or not it just feels like the last couple weeks it's been pretty gradual individual so seven on seven now to 11 on 11 i think the The last remaining question, and I asked Emmanuel this on uh, Monday, Monday, Tuesday maybe, will you be under any limitations snap count-wise in the opener? He says, the way I'm going now, I shouldn't be. That's the takeaway from that, not how many surgeries you've had. Hey, everything he's doing is be ready for, as he calls it, Monday night, which is week one. I wouldn't play him this week. Um, He says he wants to get out there a little bit. I throw him against the Rams just to get him running around a little bit, and then I'd shut him down for September 9th.
0: Intrigued to see if Josie Jewell and Jake Butt receive increased roles in team period. Those are two guys the Broncos need, really would need, need and like to be healthy for week one as well. It's seen that Butt's a let. Less likely cause than Fumagalli, um, but those are two guys. I mean, who else, Ryan, are, are you looking to see in the next couple of days with these joint practices, guys who could get healthy and, and start becoming stories again?
1: Well, I think anybody who's um, nursing something should not participate in these because I think it's going to be at a little bit faster speed. Jake but they just got to work on getting him to the starting gate. Right now he's still in the paddock. <laughs> you know, get him out there. Uh, should have to play in the preseason. Josie Jewell said earlier in the week that he should be ready to go Monday night, but it's not a big concern. Todd Davis, that was supposed to be a three- or four-week injury. You're now at four weeks exactly since he got hurt. So I think that makes it remote that he'll play before the Oakland game. You know, As for the other injury things, you know they're okay up front on offense and defense. They're going to have a decision-making fullback. One of the big decisions is what are you going to do? you keep Theo on the roster? Does that mean Devontae Booker's a fourth tailback? Does that mean you keep two quarterbacks, Locke and Flacco? So all these machinations are going to be, uh, have to be considered by the Broncos because they have so many of these short-term injuries.
0: A reminder that the Broncos do host the Niners on Monday night, the first preseason game at Broncos Stadium uh, this joint practices a little bit of a precursor to that we'll be sure to bring you guys all the updates as we watch along and on that note i'll sign off for ryan for the first and orange podcast as always we appreciate you guys listening be sure to subscribe online and get all of our digital content at denverpost.com you can get that paper delivered to your front doorstep every morning and we will see you next time